0: Hello there, pals. It is the month of March in the year of our Little Lord Taylor 2021. You are listening to the Lost Map podcast, and I am your host, Pictish Trail. Hi. Whether you're out for a wee walk, or driving about within a five mile radius, or just listening in your homes, trying to drown out the screams from inside your own mind, I'm here to accompany you with some chat and some music from my record label lost map is the restriction five miles I don't actually I don't actually know because that sort of restriction doesn't mean anything on egg it doesn't apply you can't go beyond five miles anywhere here unless you want to get wet it's it's a very small island As ever, we've got a packed show for you today, so much great music coming out on the label at the moment. Funnily enough, we are going to go beyond our five miles. We're going to cross the Atlantic for an interview with the singer-songwriter Alexia Avina, whose album Unearth we released last year. She's currently based in Oregon in America and she recorded this incredibly immersive live session for us and I'll have some more news on that later. We've also got members of the band Fire Stations revealing to us their first gig, Worst Gig, one of our regular segments. And in somewhat distressing news, we've given Lost Map staff members Laura and Bart their very own segment of the show an interview with Craig Angus from the band Savage Mansion in a new and potentially recurring segment called Lost Chats. Mm. Before we surrender the very essence of our being to that stuff, let's have a little look in our Postmap Club mailbag. Postmap Club, Postmap Club,
1: Postmap Club, it's a very nice club. Early in the morning, just as day is dawning,
0: Victor's trail is talking loads of shite. Postmap Club is our membership club in which we send you postcards, in the post at the end of every month. These printed postcards have lovely artwork and on the other side they contain download codes where you can download new music that we've released on the label alongside some exclusive tracks, rarities, live sessions, audio experiments from different members of the Lost Map Collective. When you sign up you also get a membership badge. Hmm and a monthly newsletter from me, as well as discount codes for other merchandise on our webshop. It's a nice way for you to support what we're doing as a label in these difficult times. If you enjoy this podcast and you like the music that you're hearing, you should sign up. There are currently three different tiers of membership, starting at just £3 a month. All these three tiers get exactly the same stuff. The only actual difference is if you pay more, you get a slightly bigger badge. And that, my friends, is capitalism. New members receive an email almost immediately with download codes for this month's releases. I say almost immediately because it's it's me that's sending the email. I get a notification every time we get a new member on my phone and then when that happens I have to log on, put all your details into a spreadsheet, allocate you some download codes which then get sent to you in an email. Almost immediately. I mean, there probably is a way of automating that through some email service thing, but I mean, who's got the time to work that out? Come on. Anyway, this this has got a more personal touch. If you would like to become a member, please, you can find out more by going to lostmap.com forward slash club. If you sign up during the month of March 2021, you'll receive the following postcards. Hollow Days is the new single from Glasgow's lo-fi maestro Sulka. You remember Salka, he was on the podcast last month. This track is taken from his new album, Take Care. It's one of my particular faves from the album. And he's also recorded an acoustic version of the song, which club members get to hear first. Hmm. Actually, go on then, we'll we'll give you a wee taster of it now.
2: Built in a weak we
0: We've also got some new music from another Glasgow based act, Savage Mansion, the triumphant melodic rock of Craig Angus and his pals. As I'm sure quite a lot of you'll know already, Craig is a super prolific songwriter. We released some singles and an EP ahead of the band's debut album Revision Ballads in 2019, which was closely followed up by the album Weird Country in 2020. The band have been keeping themselves really busy over lockdown, working on some new material. And first out of the gate are these two new songs standalone singles Prizes and Wigwise. You'll hear more from Craig later in the show, but here's a wee snippet of Wigwise.
1: The wicked just stare hard upon the ground. I am here and you are distant, the white cap.
0: Finally, in this month's Postmap Club releases, as mentioned earlier, we've got an exclusive live session from the American ambient singer-songwriter Alexia Avina. I was first introduced to Alexia's music just over a year ago. She was based in Canada at the time, in Montreal, and sent us a link to some recordings through our web form on the Lost Map website. I was on tour at the time and I remember listening to the songs in the car and being blown away. At their core, Alexia's songs consist of otherworldly, reverb-soaked vocals and hypnotic looped refrains on electric guitar. They're really transportive. She's accompanied by band members on bass guitar, synth and drums on the album Unearth, which we released on Lost Map in September 2020, a co-release with Top Shelf Records in America. For this live session for Postmap Club, Alexia has filmed herself performing 5 brand new songs. She's on her own in a room in Massachusetts in late January 2021, just a few days before she ventured west to Oregon. There's three tracks from the session on the postcard this month, and the full video session will be live streamed on Thursday, the 11th of March at 8 p.m. Tickets are going to be available on the Lost Map website, and Post Map Club members get access for free. We caught up with Alexia a few weeks ago and asked her some questions about the making of Unearth, this new live session too and her life in music so far.
3: This is Alexia Avina, and I'm currently speaking from a small town outside of Portland, Oregon called Scapoose and there's puppies barking below. I grew up in Asia, predominantly in Southeast Asia in Thailand from age 5 to 18 when I graduated high school. I was always musical as a little baby. I I do have an early musical memory where I guess I got a hold of a tape recorder and I just recorded myself for the day and I was coming up with stories and singing songs. I vaguely remember singing a song about this magical lion. I showed my family later on and they just laughed and laughed and laughed and I felt like they were laughing at me, but it wasn't that kind of laugh. It was you know, you're laughing because something is just so cute and precious. But for me, it was just so embarrassing, and I was so mad, and I just took the tape, and I, I kind of hid it under the, the car mat, and I I think I destroyed it. I don't even know what happened to it. It was like it disappeared, but that's my earliest musical memory, and I, I really regret that because I would love to have that to listen to now. But my first instrument was piano. I started studying that when I was probably eight, but I didn't stick with it. And then I went to Girls Rock Camp when I was, I think, 11 or 12, and then again at 15, and I studied electric bass and guitar, respectively. And I really started making my own music after that second Girls Rock Camp. I got my first acoustic guitar, and I think I was given confidence by going to those programs because that second time was the first time I I sang a melody that I had come up with. For the final concert, I just felt empowered to try to explore my voice a little bit more and try to hone in on a sound. And at the time, I was listening to a lot more folky things like This Is The Kit and Iron and Wine. I was learning a lot of those kinds of songs. But I also had this like interest in weirder, more obscure things. Like I found Kriya Brecken and Tickly Feather on YouTube. And I just, I always wanted to be writing things that were a little bit weird. And then I went on to just uh, gather less conventional instruments like banjo and ukulele and melodica, all that stuff, but I'm over that. Once I uh, embraced electric guitar, there was no turning back.
2: Thirst in my
3: pocket
2: Turns like
3: through me moving to Montreal. I used to release songs by writing them, recording them, and posting them to SoundCloud in one sitting. And there's something about that approach that really speaks to me. And I feel that I've been organically coming full circle back to that. But since I moved to Montreal, I kind of started to learn the ways that people generally go about releasing music in terms of coming up with an EP, an album, shopping that around. And so that's the approach that I started to take. So I put out my first EP of songs that I had recorded with my headset microphone and my laptop microphone. I started playing shows, I kind of formed a little band, and it was through that that I became part of the scene, and yeah, from that Unearth came about. The album itself, it is a breakup album. My other earlier album, Betting on an Island, is kind of the sister album that was also a breakup album, but it was more from the scope of being in the relationship while you're watching its decay and questioning your place in it. It's like right before jumping over that precipice and Unearth is the free fall and it's about me trying to figure out who I was on my own and the way that I kind of experienced that through the time was through my engagements with other people. So it was a bit of a floundering process but also a process during which I reflected back on the relationship and examined it from a different angle in time, which afforded me a different perspective on truth. The session... For the album we recorded it over two days and it was honestly the best recording experience i have ever had and a lot of my bandmates will second that i think it was just so seamless and easy and comfortable we got most of the songs down in one take but we just did two takes to be sure it was all live off the floor i had been playing with that band for over a year at that point these songs and so we were all just so well rehearsed we just went into it really confidently and with a lot of ease It was great, too, working just with all my friends, you know, having the engineer be a friend, and uh, he ended up mixing it, too. And then my drummer mastered it. So it was just the best experience. And I think I've been a bit daunted about recording since having that experience, because doing it on your own, while it is something that I want to do and get back into, it's just running into little technical issues that you have to troubleshoot and figure out, and not having everything sound perfect and easy. It just, it really demoralizes me. <laughs> and and makes me wanna give up a lot of the time. But I'm I'm hoping to just embrace that as part of the process and embrace that imperfection as well. Hey. Not really from anywhere. I am a US citizen, but this is my first time living here. I moved here in June of 2020. And I was in Montreal for the past seven years. So if anything, I, I feel more Canadian than I do American. And I do miss Canada a lot. I'm partially scheming up ways to get back there. But I'm mostly just trying to figure out where I want to be in the world. As someone that has always been international, I mean, I never thought I would end up here. And I don't see the U.S. as a place that I will stay in necessarily forever. Montreal was really a formative city for me in terms of the music scene and it was really a city that opened me up to embracing electronics so electronic guitar and all my pedals that was always what I had wanted to be doing and the kind of music I had wanted to be writing I just I discovered the ambient scene that was really the first time that I came to know ambient music and At first, honestly, it was frustrating for me to listen to. I struggled with the patience that it requires. I struggled with the boredom that it can sometimes elicit, but I really um, deepened into it and incorporated aspects of it into my own practice. And I feel that because I I never dove fully into one thing, it kind of was a way for me to, to bridge my interests in a way that was more unique to me and my sound. But in Montreal, I regularly performed at this collective space, this DIY space called The Plant. And that was a collective that I was involved in for several years. I would throw a lot of shows there, my own shows or other shows and I would always be uh, just popping in to hang out or helping out at events. It was really, really just the golden days, a really special time in my life. And, you know, the plant goes through many, many iterations of different people that that are there and involved. And my my phase, you know, it, it ended, but it was glorious while it lasted. Currently, I'm not really based anywhere. I'm kind of in this transitional moment. I had moved down to western Massachusetts and I have been there, it must be about seven months, but currently I came out to Oregon to kind of just get a sense of the vibe on the west coast and see if it's somewhere I want to be. Like I said, I'm just trying to figure out where I do want to be yeah i'm in this very potent powerful moment in my life right now going through a lot of growth in a way that is really deep and really important and good despite the challenges that come with that The live session that I recorded, I recorded that in my room back in Massachusetts. I have a small little studio room that I use as kind of a meditation yoga zone for myself. I initially wasn't gonna record it back in Massachusetts. I was gonna wait till I came out here to Oregon, but I am so glad that I ended up doing it this way because yeah, it wouldn't have worked out here. I didn't end up bringing all my gear. It was recorded out of two amps, and that was just easiest for me because I wanted to be able to hear myself organically without headphones, and when I write and play on my own, I run everything through an amp, my vocals as well, and so I'm inclined towards that sound, towards that added sort of warmth and and lo-fi quality. just had an idea to use mirrors in some way. I Yeah, once I figured out how to do the mirrors and it clicked and I finally figured out the camera angle, by that point it was an hour away from sunset. I don't know, I didn't plan it well and I was like, okay, let's record. And we were thinking, you know, we should probably wait till tomorrow. Like it's probably gonna, the sun is gonna set. Maybe it'll set right at the time that you finish your set in 30 minutes so we can try, and I was just adamant about doing it. In the end, I'm really happy with how it turned out. We were gonna do another recording the following day, but it was, I think, really special the way that the lighting was changing organically. I know it wasn't the best quality because of the lighting, but I'm a big proponent of the magic of spontaneity and chance occurrences, so... To me, it it felt like we were capturing something very real. So all the songs that I did, except for one, they're unreleased and the second one is the one that is released and it's off of my other album all that i can't see and the song is called all that i can't see Uh, the other songs they're comprised of two different sets of albums that i'm currently working on one of them i think is songs from three years ago even songs from from that period of time and we are gathering the added musical elements of drums and and all that stuff so it's like it's a slow process and I've definitely felt super unmotivated and yeah daunted to approach it without having that band already seamlessly rehearsed and in place but it's almost there and then the last two songs are from a newer album that I really want to work on on my own I'm excited about it I mean my intention of coming out here to Oregon was to to work on that, so I'll see if I actually am able to get around to it. Yeah, I'm excited about both of those albums. (laughs) And the live set itself, yeah, I'm sorry that I did not play any Unearthed songs. However, those songs are like more than five years old, and they're all in this crazy tuning that I was using at the time that I don't even remember. It was like G sharp, F sharp, C, D, E flat. I mean, I don't know. See, I I don't even know notes, so... I might be saying notes that don't exist but yeah i wanted to like to do a set that i actually felt was relevant and resonating with me (laughs) and also to share these songs that not too many people have heard
2: tree.
0: Thanks so much to Alexia for taking the time there. That tune you just heard was a new song called Know My Place and it's taken from the live session that Alexia has recorded for us this month. You can watch the full performance on Thursday the 11th of March at 8pm. There'll be tickets on the Lost Map website, lostmap.com and Postmap Club members will receive a secret link to watch the live stream for free. Okay, up next we've got First Gig, Worst Gig in which we ask musicians to tell us the first gig that they attended as a punter, as well as revealing the very worst gig they ever played themselves. This month we got in touch with Fire Stations. They're based in and around Walthamstow in London. It's quite hard to describe their sound because there's so many different elements going on. There's a shoegazy indie feel to some of their songs, also an intimate folksy warmth, as well as some really addictive synth-pop moments. I really love their songs, I think they're just beautifully constructed And we're about to release a new EP from them on the 5th of March. The EP is called Melted Medium and it's the second EP in a series of three that they're releasing in relatively close proximity. The previous one was called Automatic Tendencies and it featured the single Small Island. And the lead track from Melted Medium was a song called The Circular, which came out as a postmap last month. This new EP is a particularly interesting one because they're fully embracing all the different elements of their sound. There's metoric pop and there's also harmony-driven psychedelic moments. There's an incredible lo-fi cover of the song Small Island by fellow Lost Map artist Clementine March and there's a truly banging Hard House remix by Dreamtrack of the song New Device that somehow manages to retain the emotional feel of the original whilst producing over three gallons of fist-pumping sweat. We're going to hear a bit of music from them in a wee bit, but first, here's Martin, Laura, and Mike from Fire Stations discussing their first gig, worst gig. Well, excuse, excuse me, excuse, excuse,
1: excuse me. Excuse me, First gig, worst gig.
4: First live gig I went to, I think, was the Drifters, the Motown Doo Wop group. Ooh. But it probably wasn't, it was probably like one guy that was originally in the Drifters. And it was at Walthamstow Town Hall, which is like 15 minutes from where I live now, and about five minutes from where you live now. And all I remember about it, really, I went with my mum, I was probably about 12. And I know that they did a really slick version of The Man in the Mirror by Michael Jackson.
5: Oh, that's a good song.
4: With like dance moves and stuff. It was pretty, pretty cheesy. And they performed their hits Up on the Roof and Saturday Night at the Movies
6: you've got an excellent memory
4: but then after that i did see i've seen ray charles and cab calloway that's amazing and john lee hooker and then i saw quite when i was very young i saw sonic youth and public enemy and i saw pavement when they had gary young in the band God damn it. <laughs> did gary young um, do a handstand he was that quite strange That is
6: so much better than mine i no, i lived in ipswich growing up and no one ever came to ipswich like it was a musical ghost town <laughs> And I think the first gig I went to was Reef at the Corn Exchange. We were so happy because a band had come to Ipswich. Reef <laughs> <laughs> uh, back in.
4: Reef are doing well.
5: My only recent knowledge of Reef is that there's quite a funny uh, Twitter account which shows you the sales of Place Your Hands On every week. Still going well. It's surpri- Surprisingly, I mean, it fluctuates, but it's a little bit like... Um,
6: Does it mirror the economy generally?
4: I don't know. Some, somebody <laughs> needs to do it's a PhD a it's it's like, one of the um, main metrics they use. <laughs> it's sort of
5: it's sort of similar to to Limmy um posting always about Daft Punk, get lucky, sound of the summer. I think it would yeah. be quite interesting to um yeah. plot on a graph the, the popularity of those tweets over time. <laughs> Same with the reef account. Yeah. Yeah. What was
2: yours, Mike?
5: Yeah, so my first gig experience was going to Bedford Esquires, where I lived near Bedford at the time, at the age of sixteen to see Idlewild. That's pretty good. And yeah it was, I think that's I feel like that's quite a kind of critically good
6: like, first cool gig to me. have. I
5: mean, I mean
6: Martin was the coolest but.
5: I mean yeah I think Martin prob- <laughs> prob- probably one, but, um, but it was like as an experience it was really amazing because it was sort of the first proper noisy indie gig. I don't think i would seen much live music at all up to that point apart from like wind band um, concerts at school and stuff <laughs> so this was a little bit different to that and I remember like this, the Bedford Squires was quite it's on the sort of toilet venue circuit I don't to, you know
4: it's, I, I've like been it's, there a few times I've been be, there it's good I thought
5: it's really cool and I and I never thought of it as a toilet at all but they were quite lax on certain things such as underage drinking that's and what um, want that, and that point. Point. was perfect so I had as much red stripe as I could stomach, <laughs> and uh, went absolutely nuts at the front. And I remember, I think it's Roddy Womble, isn't it? The the yeah. lead uh, lead singer. I remember him sort of. I, I've got a vague recollection of him looking at me like, "Jesus, you've you've gone mad or something," because <laughs> I like had my head over the front of the stage, like listening to the monitor. Bear in mind, the monitor's pointing back. At the band, and I was so into it. I was like, Yeah, let me hear more. I need to hear more of this. And I was like, I didn't realize, obviously, that the monitor's only going to have like his vocals and maybe like a bit of kick drum maybe or something. That's where the
6: origins of your interest in music tech came from. You were like, Hang on.
5: Yeah.
2: What's going on? It certainly did. Da-
5: certainly damaged my ears for life. That's, I couldn't hear anything for about three days after that gig.
4: Do you still replicate that monitor mix every time we play? It's,
5: it's just deeply ingrained in my soul, somewhere. <laughs> and then I snogged someone outside. Which was like
6: that's a utopian. It's like the that's such a good, it's gig sort of the experience. perfect
5: teenage night out. Really, like my friend was passed out on the bench next to us. It
6: was like an iconic
5: and then textbook
6: teenage night out. What but, was the worst gig then? Because that sounds like that's pretty good. Let's take you right down a notch.
5: There's one gig which I played in a band that's not Fire Stations. We drove to a festival outside London, and it took us about three hours to get there. And then on the, when we walked up to the tent where we were playing we were billed with the wrong name. <laughs> like was, I might as well say the van name. So the van was left with pictures and we were on the board as Leg with Pictures. Leg
6: with Pictures.
5: And I thought, <laughs> we were like, this is not, this hasn't started well. That's and then so we, lame. And then we were sort of playing in the um, in the children's art tent and like none of the parents were very inclined to stop their kids bashing away at xylophones, etc. Yeah. even when we were playing. And um, so we sort of played along to to like a cacophony of like out of tune xylophones and stuff like that. Oh, that's
6: bleak, isn't
5: it? So I think Laura's probably got um, Uh. (laughs) some other other stories to tell.
6: Well, it's not none of them were fire stations. Actually, I remember Dark Captain, our old band, like we were playing this like local pub. I think it might have been someone's birthday or something. But there was a genuine conversation about whether we could go on before or after a puppet show. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And I, I was so hungover, and I just remember thinking. Oh, God, we were, this is this is it. Um, we
5: finally made it. We
6: finally made it. But I think the thing that makes me laugh the most, and it's not really like worst gig, it's like a series of gigs where like with a really old band at a time when quite a lot of music venues seemed to be closing down. Like it seemed like every time we played a gig at a venue, it shut. And we were like the last band. We were the last chords drummed in like maybe three different venues, like back to back as gigs, like maybe in 2007. Um, And for a little while there, I thought we were cursed and that we shouldn't play music anymore because we're just ruining the landscape of music in London.
2: (laughs)
4: Martin, have you got any um, worst gig experiences? Was it Fire Stations or a previous band when you played at the Water Rats? Oh, that was
6: a previous. That was a previous band. That was so (laughs) bad. That was a
4: previous band. Yeah, but But I I mean,
6: Water Rats are particularly notorious for being. Are we allowed to be- I don't know about, well,
4: not the venue, it was the promoters at the time. It was the promoters. Yes, absolute yes. Absolute So what happened, Martin? You were playing in support of an <laughs> Italian band who, who were on tour and it was their only like, British tour date. <laughs> <laughs> and um, the promoter, after you started playing, decided there weren't enough people there. <laughs> so he just, just cut the gig and said the night was over. The other band hadn't even played and they'd travelled from Italy.
2: That was and i had
4: a friend that just got in and paid and then yeah. they just cut the power and they wouldn't give them a refund
6: i went mental at that i turned 100 percent psycho bitch um at that and then i put loads of stuff on drowned in sound i think if you actually search it the was Drowned in completely... sound forums you'll see like loads of angry posts about this promoter from
4: me <laughs> because there were still people turning up so
6: yeah some of my friends you know just this is like,
4: and then i don't think it was even nine o'clock yet and i think they just shut it down they went nah you're not
6: not popular enough this is so <laughs> triggering i remember that, that gig because i arrived early because i worked quite near the water rats so i was there at like five o'clock for sound check and the and the sound guy was like where's the rest of your band you do realize this is a proper venue you thing. do
5: sometimes deal with people who are a bit like not not who you want to be meeting for no,
6: your well normally i get sort experience. of assi- normally people assume i'm a girlfriend of someone but let's not which go you, down which that you line. are which i am but like <laughs> You're uh, not
5: just defined by that
6: <laughs> Quite often it. that's what people in sound checks assume Anyway let's not go down that route I could talk about that for a whole podcast if you want Lost Map <laughs> <laughs> Anyway Gender let's not
5: get on to Systemic inequalities in the music <laughs> business uh, We'll be here all day I think that pretty much wraps it up then doesn't it? Yes Yeah I think so Okay well thanks for having us uh, for this podcast See ya Back to you Bye then
2: Oh that was simple was false And all that was complex Was unusable Unusable We built this construct Of rock and bone And now we hold it together Say you're never alone. You're never alone. We're working on.
0: That was Low Ratio, the Sunken Version by Fire Stations, taken from their new EP, Melted Medium. If you tuned into the previous episode of this podcast, you might have heard our Valentine's special quiz show edition of This or That, where I was accompanied by two contestants, Bart and Laura. Bart and Laura are staff members at Lost Map, and they're very enthusiastic, lots of energy. They wanted to be more involved in the podcast. No, actually they demanded to be more involved. I relented and they've created their own splinter podcast called Lost Chats. It's even got its own theme tune. Unbelievable. Here's a segment of their first Lost Chat where they speak with Craig Angus of the band Savage Mansion. Okay, run the song.
1: Like your love of jail all your Great ex-lovers had The real in the you just do your respect or your name really Just like
7: this bin we call a chat. Wait, should we do introductions?
3: Yeah, we probably should do introductions, shouldn't we? Woo! Our special guest today. Who is it? Actually, can we insert a drum roll here? Thanks, Joe. Penis. <laughs> it's craig angus Woo!
7: thanks for taking the time out to speak to us today craig
8: thanks i've got so much going on in my life so it's yeah. uh,
7: <laughs> i know it's really, really i'm really i'm really glad you could squeeze us in
8: no it's, it's just... lovely to be here i, I can't <laughs> continue with that joke
7: yeah, yeah. it's it's genuinely really nice to see your face i'm missing faces at the minute so what's your favorite david boy album
8: i mean the answer i gave you when you asked me this a few has days it, ago has it changed <laughs> nah station to station all right next question <laughs>
2: a, do, you do you want wanna, to do you want
8: to talk, talk about why or just
2: yeah i want to hear why
7: yeah why it's the best all right great, great. uh who's your favorite cartoon cat bag this and like how are you defending cartoon and that answer i
3: was gonna say i don't agree that that's a cartoon <laughs> it's a children's tv show for sure but is he a cartoon no
8: well, I, I took a first thought, best thought approach towards this question, and that's the first thought I had. And, hey. and he's a lovely cat. He's a lovely, saggy old cloth cat. He's doing well. He is he's doing, doing well. well. And I he's just... A, he's a bit of an icon. I just think that nothing else jumps out.
7: Sure. I mean, ordinarily, I would have to end the interview there, but since it's you and since it's Bagpuss, I think we can probably allow that. Um, what's your
8: favourite song? Whose title
7: is a girl's name?
8: Isis by Bob Dylan. Oh, aye. I- but ISIS is also the name of a terrorist organization, which is in the news quite a lot. Is it? <laughs> it's also the name of the dog that they had to kill off in Downton Abbey. Really? Is that what
6: the, that what the song's about?
8: Yeah, they killed it off because of the terrorist organization. <laughs>
7: oh, they didn't. And, they, and
2: then they didn't. You wrote a song about
8: it. No, Bob Dylan wrote the song first.
7: I thought you meant they killed the dog in the show. Yeah, they did. Like they strangled it because it was called
8: ISIS. No, they wrote it off. They were like, (laughs) ISIS killed the dog. (laughs) Sorry, ISIS ISIS is not funny. The dog dog got an illness that killed the dog (laughs) because they were uncomfortable with the idea of the dog sharing a a name with the terrorist organization, the Islamic State, uh, ISIS. There's also a book by Ian Banks called Wit with the character ISIS. So it's a a good name, but I mean, I wouldn't call my daughter an Isis if I had a daughter tomorrow.
2: It's it's an Egyptian god as well, isn't it?
8: Yeah, it's a cool name. The connotations are somewhat different now, you know, you think about other things.
6: Are you just choosing it to be controversial? No, I just like
8: that song a lot. It's my favourite Dylan record, Mm -hmm. sonically-wise. The band are really good on that album. It's a great song. It's a really great song. And again, much like the Bagpuss question, first thought, best thought. I can't help you if these answers are controversial. They just are (laughs) true. It's the way it is. I
7: mean, that is slightly less controversial than Bagpuss, but we'll uh, Well, we'll let it it
8: slide. (laughs) Let's put that to a vote. ISIS or (laughs) Bagpuss?
7: I think also, like, in the list of crimes that the terrorist organisation ISIS have committed, I think ruining the name ISIS is quite low down. Yeah,
8: yeah, yeah, you're right. (laughs) Uh, It's like, have you ever seen the Paula Grady's dogs?
7: Yes. Oh, really so fun. that's
8: basically Downton Abbey's like a fictionalised version of that. It's about a, a rich family who take loads and loads and loads of dogs in and they have to figure out like which ones to keep and which ones to kill. And they kill the ones that are named after contemporary organisations. <laughs> yeah. So Ira's dead. <laughs>
7: <laughs> I used to think there was a graffiti artist called Ira who was going around Belfast, but turns out it was somebody else. <laughs> Um, so that concludes the first three questions of the interview. Thanks very much, Craig Thanks. Angus.
2: Thanks, Craig. I feel like we know you three times as much as we did at the start of this.
7: I feel like I like you three times as much. <laughs> Is that a good place to wrap things up?
8: Should we talk about the single at all? Or are we oh, yeah. I'll,
7: I'll add that to the list of questions. <laughs> so what, uh, would you like to talk about the new Savage Mansion single? It's coming out as part of the Post Map Club. Yeah, why not? What's it? What's it called?
8: <laughs> well, there's two. That I think I think oh. it's called Wigwise slash Prizes or Prizes slash Wigwise. But those are oh. the two songs.
7: And is this like post weird country? Is this like
8: these, a new
7: set of songs?
8: These are post weird country. We've written a lot of songs in the last year, and we were lucky enough to be able to spend time together working on the songs together, and we got an album's worth the stuff worked up quite quickly. But I just felt like these two they fit in more with what was on Weird Country than what's on the next thing. So right. we, we thought it was more appropriate to put them out before the album than after the album.
2: Yeah.
8: They're not uh, they haven't been left off the album because they're not good. They've been sure, left off the album they just because don't fit.
2: they're a little bridge. Yeah. yeah. A little I mean, bridge. Like, little vaccine into the new world.
8: I think, like, probably becomes apparent from a lot of talking to me, but the two biggest influence on these two songs are, like, Bob Dylan and Pavement. And I think when folk hear the third record we've done, they'll probably see that the influences on that are not those things necessarily. Oh, right. So I really like both of these songs. I think so, that there's at least there's one member of the band who thinks that each song is their favourite of the entire collection. So wow. I think oh, these nice. are really strong songs, but I just nice. think they're, they're better coming out separately from the record and i'm really looking forward to that.
7: can we talk about dates for the record or is that still kind of work in progress i don't know yet. It's yeah it's gonna be
8: the end the they end can. of the year we got some funding for the mm-hmm. record thanks to creative scotland which is nice of them so we're gonna be working on that for the rest of the year sweet uh, it'll be it'll be the second half of this year
7: yeah do um, you know where you're recording it
8: yeah we do we're recording it in our rehearsal studio which is chime studio in glasgow with oh, nice. uh our mostly live engineer Ross McGowan who's a great guy who's recorded some stuff for Bossy Love and United Fruit and and he recorded a live album Live at the Hugging Pint as well he's fantastic we really like him it's the first record best recorded with us Beth Chalmers who's now playing keys with us full time brilliant So that's like being built into the arrangements a lot more, which is good fun. And it's really like changing the dynamic of the songs a lot more. It's making them a lot less macho for lack of a better word and a lot more who we genuinely are people sure. which is a good thing to have and i think that
7: yeah totally i'm excited about
8: the whole thing how it's going to sound i mean we obviously have these two songs that are kind of d- hitting at what we're going to do at, but um what we're going to do after that is going to be even more interesting i think and cool. i just like it's just really nice to be doing stuff it's been like a blessing it's been a kind of terrible year as we've hinted at that and like
7: uh aye, aye. yeah there's a lot well, to talk about I think whenever
8: Group two got postponed and the kind of weird country campaign got kind of stuck in quicksand, really. It didn't really yeah. Yeah. go anywhere. We couldn't do much with it. So I think we're, we just kind of moved quickly on to like writing new stuff. And I think that the, the, the enthusiasm for the new stuff shows too.
7: Sweet if bob dylan and pavement are the main influences for these two songs what's the main influences for the album
8: we know it's still savage mansion and i still write songs in a certain way Hmm. i've been doing a lot more lyrical stuff without writing music you know there was a lot of like i did a lot of free writing exercises Hmm. and creative writing stuff last year with maria sledmere and denise Bonetti's publication spam i've been writing stuff with the word which is james kellen's publisher i've been like kind of exploring that side of things a bit more which has been great great musically i think we were really inspired by watching stop making sense together at the end of last year we all watched that as part Amazing. of the club and we all got thinking about like how fun the recording of that is because if people talk about the visual side of things a lot with stop making sense like obviously it's really well put together visually but yeah as a recording it's so satisfying and sounds so fun and sounds so together and like i think we always like you know we so thought like- about maybe not doing it as live as before but that made us think we should do it live but just do it really well live yeah we've been listening to a lot of the second Elvis Costello record this uh, year's model yes it's fantastic it's so it's good amazing. it's so like it kind of brings the keys into the live band thing in a really tasteful way and it's just well arranged and the songs are really strong
7: it's absolutely if the songs one are of half it, as good as that it's one of my favourite records
8: it's like, it's like it's a proper classic yeah, yeah
7: I've loved it since I 16 I think like 10 years, yeah. Like maybe the
8: last record was influenced by REM a bit more. This one's maybe more influenced by the B52s. Nice, uh, Uh, that's really
7: exciting.
8: Yeah, I'm I'm excited for it. I think it's going to be great, and I hope that people like it. I just can't wait to play live again. It's it's
7: yeah,
8: I don't think we'll play live this year, which is a shame, but like I honestly can't wait to do it again. It's such a big thing to be missing from your life.
0: If you enjoyed that lost chat, there'll be a full unedited version available exclusively to Postmap Club members later in this month. Check your email for that one. For those of you that have missed this or that, don't worry. Our unpopular quiz show segment will return next month in April, and I'm delighted to inform you that we've actually we've secured a, an incredibly high-profile genuine celebrity as the contestant. Be sure to tune into that next month. To close the show, here's a full version of Prizes by Savage Mansion, which features as part of our Postmap Club. If you've enjoyed the music that you've heard in today's episode, you can sign up on our website, lostmap.com forward slash club. Thanks for tuning into the Lost Map podcast. It was co-produced and edited by the wonderfully talented Joe Cormack and is made possible with funding from Creative Scotland. I've been Pictish Trail. Goodbye.
1: To the ones who are keeping me down The shakedown's become The deposit for keeping me down Tell him how I got to This I never did and likely never will But I wasn't looking for prizes I wasn't looking for prizes looking for prizes when I found They've taken the credit for everything that we could need. They've given us hope and protection retail for this